the muzzleloaders.com podcast, your source for all things muzzleloading. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Muzzleloaders podcast. We are joined by Nate and Verlin today, and we are going to be talking about gear selection, uh, specifically for hunting. And so we're going to be going through muzzleloader equipment, survival gear, support items, and uh, processing. And so just a few things. Hopefully, if you guys are gearing up for hunting season, which you, everybody should be right about now. I know our draw results just came out and mm-hmm. drew a muzzleloader tag, so I'm pretty excited this about guy. that. Yeah, I know. We're gonna, it's going to be awesome. It's a whitetail hunt in the rut, so pretty excited about it. But uh, if you guys are like us and preparing for hunting season, I'm thinking about what I need to be packing, so we figured this would be a great uh, great podcast to kind of help you guys select that. So um, with that, we're going to dive into the muzzleloader equipment side of things, and it is going to depend on... These, this list is going to depend whether you're using pelletized or loose powder, um, but a powder measure and powder flask. So, Nate, why don't you talk about the importance of those two items? Because I know that you uh, you usually carry those with you. Sure, yeah. I mean, uh, a powder flask is essential because it obviously holds your powder mm-hmm. and then your powder measure um, so that you can accurately measure how much powder you want to put into your muzzleloader for the charge that you've got figured out. Yeah. Which, you know, obviously uh, can be alleviated if you are running speed loaders, obviously. You can yeah. get those pre-set up. But for sure. Yeah. Just kind of how I prefer to run. <laughs> yeah. So important. You need to have something to carry your powder in. You need to have something to measure it. Um, those are pretty much essential. Those can look like a lot of different things. Um, but there's a lot of different ways you can do it. But those are two things you'll need to figure out if you're using loose powder. Um, obviously, bullets, powder percussion caps or primer or you know fffg or 4fg powder i was whenever i say it like that i was forget how many f's i've said 4fg powder um so yeah you need to have those three things you need to have your ignition your uh propellant and bullet all figured out so that's obviously going to look like a lot of different things so make sure you have those things um Verlin, I know you went on a hunt in Idaho and you used pelletized powder. So why don't you talk a little bit about what you carried on that hunt? Yeah, uh, that was that was a little different because it's kind of out of the element that we do here. Yeah, because um, that was a, that was like a, a short range short weapons. range weapons. Yeah. yeah, so you could use you could use pelletized as mm-hmm. long as it was muzzle loaded and that kind of stuff. So yeah. that was yeah, that was kind of different. And man, it was snowing straight down. Man, it was it was a fun hunt. I love hunting in the snow anyway. Mm-hmm. But um, it was pretty cool to have the pelletized uh, powder, and uh, because it just makes it really quick. It's just handy. You know, you just got the, yeah. that little thing that has the that that keeps the. <laughs> It keeps the pellets in there. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's, man, there it is. It's not, you're not worried about, you know, spilling something or anything. It's just really yeah. handy. So it was just, it was very convenient. Of course, it only took one shot, so I didn't have to have, you know, a whole bunch of, you know, re-gear up and that kind of stuff. Yeah. And uh, my buddy who was shooting loose powder, um, he made a good shot, but it didn't, it didn't kill it right away. And so he had to... He had to reload, and it was it, it just it just the dynamics of it is just so different. Yeah, because it is quick. I mean, it just boom, 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 and there you are. You're ready to roll. I mean, I did reload just because, you know, the elk ran off into the trees, mm-hmm. and I knew I had a good shot on it, and I didn't have to use the second shot. But um, yeah, just the dynamic of it was pretty cool. Yeah, pelletized powder is great. I, I always recommend pelletized powder when I was working in customer service. 
to people that are just starting out because you get to save a little bit of money on the, this equipment side of things. And it's simpler, you know, mm -hmm. instead of having to worry about measuring the exact right amount of powder, you just have to be able to count to two or three, which most <laughs> yeah. people are, have, are able to do that. That's so tough. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's always a good option if you're just starting out. Um, another one is a nipple pick, which we had an experience at the range won't get too into the weeds on that one um but basically a nipple pick is pretty important if it, it can be the difference between you getting to stay and hunt or you going home and mm -hmm. finding a way to fix your muzzleloader so definitely an importance uh, in the nipple pick uh, a bullet starter is definitely uh an important piece of the puzzle you definitely want to have one of those because your uh your ramrod is not a good tool to use to start the bullet i mean it's going to be you have an extra two feet of wiggle room and you just want to have something get more leverage to get it started especially if you're using something like a full bore conical it can be a little more difficult to get or if down you're there real lucky you'll you know you try to use it as a bullet starter right yes. here you... <laughs> <laughs> i was just blood blister right there I got, i've done that too like, oh, haven't we man. all <laughs> yeah that sounds about right <laughs> i should get a bullet starter yeah <laughs> um yeah and then uh speed loaders verlon i don't know if you want to talk a little bit about that because uh, I don't know it, your buddy. Did he have a speed loader? Or was no, he, no, he was he was, he was flasking just, it right into his yeah. major, and he just like. <laughs> uh, uh, luckily, the elk you know went and laid down about fifty yards out there, but he was so busy doing this. He, he I had eyes on the elk. Yeah, he did not. He's over here trying to, you know, do yeah. all this stuff, and it's just like oh, I got an eye, on, I got an eye on it, I got an eye on it, and all of a sudden, you know, it's just like then he's up and then he's looking at tracks, you know, and stuff. I'm going to shoot the thing out because I'm, you know, I'm a hundred yards or so further than he yeah. is and so i'm watching this whole thing go down mine's already on the ground i've already got that one taken care of and i'm seeing this elk over there that is just laying down but he's still very very alive yeah and uh so anyway he had he had lost track of it mm -hmm. when the elk took off running and he had to had to it's just like it's just like well this is kind of a different different game when you just because yeah. I, I I like I say I did reload, and I was all done and everything, and he's over there just panicking, and uh, had this, had the same thing happen on on a really cool deer hunt that we had here too. But I mean, which we had to use loose powder, but um, it just the dynamic was just very different. Yeah, and and then you can probably attest to the importance of a speed loader in that instance too. Where yes, it's definitely <laughs> yes. something you want to be carrying. <laughs> Um, and then we have kind of a, a subsect of this muzzleloader equipment is your different cleaning supplies. So cleaning jag, some kind of tools to break it down. Um, we have our breech multi-tool that works really well for that. And then cleaning patches in different varieties. So Nate, why don't you dive into that? I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, the breech multi-tool is, is just a nice thing to have so that you can disassemble your, your firearm in the field. Mm -hmm. Um, which I think is essential if you're especially if you're going to be out there quite some time, you know, you want to be able to keep that clean and, and yeah. uh, you know, if you're shooting your gun at the end of the day to, to get that charge out of there, or whether you're taking the breech plug out to drop the powder out or whatever, um, just a, a nice tool to have for sure. And then, uh, you know, you always obviously want to clean that out afterwards. Black powder is very corrosive. And, and so having the cleaning patches is vital. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And uh, with that, I think that's that's pretty much all the supplies we had here. Oh, a capper was one that I missed. Mm. Um, a capper is definitely a good one to have because it's 
especially if you're like here where you're using nipples and you have to like force it on there having a capper really makes a difference gives you a little extra leverage too because one thing that i've seen happen a lot and i've experienced a lot is if the cap's not fully on there fully seated your first strike will just seat the cap and then you got to go again you know so it's important to make sure you have that seated properly or you know it also getting it off of there is uh <laughs> can be even yep. even a, a challenge in itself so. yeah if, yeah if it doesn't break or anything you definitely have to wrench that off of there um so we have our if you can only pick three so if out of all these accessories that I think most of us would say are pretty necessary, if you could only have three of those, which ones would you pick? For me, I'm going to go with a speed loader. Um, for loose powder, it's going to be the four-in-one. So I have the, and honestly, even for pelletized powder, because that's going to be a Swiss Army knife type tool, which allows you to measure the powder or have your pellets in there. It allows you to have that speed loader taken care of. You get the palm saver and the bullet starter all in the one. Um, then I'm going to go with the nipple pick and the breech multi-tool, which the breech multi-tool allows you to break down most modern inlines. You can mm-hmm. remove the firing yeah. pin and has like a screwdriver and a thing. So um, those are the three that I'm going to stick with. Uh, what about you, Nate? Um, yeah, I'm definitely uh, taking a speed loader. That's assuming that I'm already going to have those loaded with powder uh, bullets and a, a musket cap. So okay. Um, and then the breech multi-tool is a, definitely a necessity for me just mm-hmm. being able to take care of my gun in the field and then uh cleaning patches for sure okay cleaning patches i like it i like it keep the keep all that corrosion out of there that's right <laughs> and just more shot to shot consistency in my yeah. opinion so sure absolutely yeah i went uh, i went with the speed loader uh again assuming that all your stuff is in there so that's that's why you carry a speed loader so yeah it's, it's already <laughs> there uh and the nipple pick and the multi-tool as well to take the take it apart and but cool. of course if i don't have any cleaning patches to clean it with hey, you'd rip a little piece of your shirt off or something <laughs> there you go <laughs> if you're wearing sick gear that gets pretty expensive after yeah, they understand. you can always this, find something those are designer cleaning patches. they make more they make more sitka gear <laughs> it's true it's true the moss on the trees you know you yeah. just, if you're a real hardcore hunter you'll figure it out <laughs> make your own cleaning patches uh, i do i will say that i'm a big fan of our muzzleloaders.com uh, speed loaders those are yeah those have been vital yeah for sure yeah they've been great we use them a ton so um one honorable mention is a nipple wrench um that's only applicable in some scenarios but if you're using a side lock you know percussion muzzleloader a nipple wrench is going to be something you definitely want to keep with you. So mm-hmm. quick honorable mention there. Now we're going to move on to the survival gear. So basically you have fire, water, shelter, and food are the things that you want to be covering. Um, and yeah, there's a lot of different ways you can go about that. So the first one we have here is two ways to start a fire. Um, I carry three just because of redundancy. Nate and I are, have almost a carbon copy of what we carry i think he carries even more than i do but i based a lot of what i carry off what he carries um and so we'll get into why he carries so much later but basically different ways to start a fire uh if you are in a survival situation you need to be able to start a fire um and it's very important to do so if you don't then you're going to have a hard time uh even even in places where it's really warm you know like we were out on the the snake river this past weekend and it's like 95 during the day but it gets cold at night you want to make sure you have something to start a fire and also with fire you can have water purification you can have all kinds of different stuff so fire is very important 
um, different fire starters. So I know that you two have different different types of fire starters that you like. I have some that I favor. So why don't you guys talk about fire starters a little bit? Well, I kind of carry everything under the sun, like you said. You know, <laughs> I've got uh, I've got some wax uh, wax balls for for fire starters. Obviously, mm. um, I always have a lighter. Um, I always have a flint. Um, yeah, I mean. I don't think that you can have too many ways to start a fire in your, in your pack. Yeah. Uh, and they're light, you know, lightweight. It doesn't take up a lot of room and, and it's essential. So yeah, I carry a little, a little bit of everything. Yeah. I think the, the ones that I carry the most of are like Vaseline. So cotton balls mm-hmm. that are wrapped up in tin foil because those will burn for about 10 or 15 minutes just on their own. Um, but there's some other ones that I really like where like it's a, you take an egg carton and you put dryer lint in there and a layer of wax and dryer lint and a layer of wax and you fill the whole thing up and that'll burn for like 15 or 20 minutes. Yeah, like those that'll are the burn ones for that I usually make. Yeah, those are sweet. Those will burn a really long time. But because I have a dog, most of my dryer lint's just all hair. So it doesn't work very <laughs> well. It doesn't work so as good. I, and it stinks. <laughs> I just yeah. take my dog with me and just comb him. That's right. <laughs> just comb him out. Just put, yeah, I use that as a fire starter. Um, yeah, I think fire has always been one of my favorite things you know be able to start a fire out in the woods and try and challenge yourself but different ways to start a fire um i usually carry a lighter a flint and steel and a uh like the little plasma electric thing that you that verlin shocked himself with that one time (laughs) yes yeah i forgot about that i got one of those too yeah Yeah, that's a good one yeah i do have that um what are some things that you like to carry, Verlin? I know if you're because I think there's a lot of people that are going towards that minimalist. I have some friends that are minimalist hunters. What are things that you deem absolutely necessary when it comes to starting fires, to survival gear, and things like that? A stick. <laughs> you can do anything with a stick. <laughs> yeah. It's so versatile. Yeah. That's, that's not the. That's not. It's not the preferred. That's method. not the go-to. That's not go-to. That's a I lot mean, of work. It burns that, a lot of calories. Yeah. And it takes a certain kind of wood. And it takes a certain kind of temperature. It's a, it, everything yeah. is very dependent on if you got the right kind of wood and if mm-hmm. it's dry enough and how you can get that all going. So yeah, I would not depend on that one. Um, I've I've always had uh, since an earlier experience in my life i've always thought i have to have fire i mean that's when it gets cold and wet i mean even even clear back in in september when i'm archery hunting high country you Mm -hmm. know i was uh, in idaho at ten thousand some odd feet and Mm -hmm. it in september and it flat snowed 16 inches here it was here it came and and uh, so all that kind of stuff just kind of plays into it and so yeah, I, I've always had a lighter. I mean, mm-hmm. the lighter is the, the quickest, easiest go-to. Um, it it holds flame long enough. You can get something dried out and actually caught on fire. Yeah. Uh, the downside to that is that uh, I carry them in my backpack, and and I've had them to where mm-hmm. they're squeezed in there, and the, the little the button got, out. and all the gas is gone. So oh, all geez. you guys just strike, 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 strike. There's nothing in there. Huh. So on that, I will interject with the ones that have the lid that cover that completely, and they're more of a torch that are refillable, and you push a button, and it's like a ridiculously hot flame hmm. instantly. You know, you can with those, you can sometimes dry out what you're, Really? trying to light on fire it's That's so it. hot it's, it's hot yeah it's so i've carried a traditional lighter for a long time as well and still do 
but I've had that exact same thing happen yeah. where it's in your pack and the button gets depressed yeah. and all the gas is gone when yeah. you go to use it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, well, that's so, a bummer. So, <laughs> yeah, I actually got a sleeve now that the lighter fits in. The whole thing is covered, mm -hmm. and uh, that was slick. I mean, it's just like you hit a button and then it opens up, and then you hit your other button where mm -hmm. you got fire. So Sweet. Um, through the years of, oh, I, I thought, man, that if there was of course that was before shark tank but man that was a shark tank shark tank idea mm -hmm. <laughs> because it's just like okay now you're you're safe in that so yeah. um the lighter is always one of the things and i and i and i do like the uh anything as far as vaseline uh cotton all that stuff that that will hold flame for a while now everything you know you got pyro putty and all that kind mm -hmm. of stuff that's out there that'll just burn practically underwater you know yeah. but uh that kind of stuff is just you just take that stuff into consideration uh spend a little time spend a little money figure out what you what you like and and make that happen because fire is is essential mm -hmm. yeah especially if you get in, like you say you don't expect it in september when you're archery hunting but in muzzleloader seasons you almost always have that time to when it's going to be stuff can happen yeah mm -hmm. for sure um next one is water purification and storage uh that's important i carry a camelback with an inline water filter so you can just dip it in the creek and then you have good water and i've yeah. done that before and creek water tastes really good and so it's way better than the crappy city water that, true story. that you drink out of there so i would say that that is man i i almost put water purification above fire which yeah. i know uh, bajillion people would disagree with me on that but yeah. you know you can sometimes find ways to get warm you cannot find a way well i guess you can purify water if you mm -hmm. have fire so it's i won't get too far in the weeds on that but i i really just love my water purification yeah <laughs> it's and, just nice and we we're talking survival there's also an aspect of this that's practical and sure. so how i mean it's not super frequent that you're going to have to start a fire on your day-to-day -day hunting experience mm -hmm. but water you always have to you're drink. always going to have to drink yep. something and yep. so i'd say like practical uses that's definitely going to be ahead of fire however a survival situation yeah i'd probably put fire ahead yeah. but i think that because water you boil water yeah but water purification is going to make your life a lot better like your yeah. quality of life while hunting is going to improve and, and i would say water the water purification. purification isn't necessarily just survival i mean mm -hmm. i we don't pack water we haven't for years we just we have the camel packs of course yeah. and the water purification that goes in line yeah and it just it's so much better than when you used to you carry a bottle of water and you're like trying to ration that one bottle <laughs> all day long by the time you get back to the truck you're just like i'm dying of yeah. thirst you know <laughs> you don't realize how much water it takes especially if yeah. you're doing backcountry stuff oh, and man. you're just going going yeah. going going especially elk hunting because that's kind of a essential to to keep after it and you don't realize how much water you drink until you do that kind of hunting and then you've you figure it out you can't carry enough bottled water yeah. with you you just that's not going to happen and i usually don't pass a creek without filling up my pack because i'm drinking it all yeah <laughs> anyway we won't get too far into the yeah. weeds on that <laughs> <laughs> um so another one the we have trash bag tarp or some kind of plastic sheet uh, i think i carry I have like a, it's like a tarp with grommets and it has a reflective end and then an orange side and it's really heavy, but it's really nice and I could do a, a lot of things with it. Um, then we have non-perishable snacks and food. So it's going to be like nuts, uh, 
you know trail mix trail mix things that aren't going to spoil on you jerky um stuff like that uh i'd say that's probably the least important in a survival situation that's more of like a quality of life thing where sure. it's like if you're hunting i'm gonna get hungry i'm gonna want something to eat you know again we'll get into this a little further later why yeah. i carry so much <laughs> but i carry now i carry you know three dehydrated meals mm-hmm. they weigh nothing yeah so why not? They take up no space. They're super compact. Yep. Um, I never leave my jet boil behind. It's in yep. my pack at all times because a you've got fire, water purification, a way to cook food. I mean, it That's just got it's so versatile. It does yeah. it does so much. So yeah, yeah I carry sure. I carry a lot. <laughs> yeah, I carry the three meals and the jet boil too um, because at the end of the day, that's just if you cannot get out of a situation with three meals and all the water you could drink it's like you're probably just really in a bad spot you're in trouble <laughs> yeah it's yeah. like you're in the middle of the ocean or yeah. something <laughs> you're in trouble you're not gonna make it or um, you know the other side of that is if you're just out hunting and you just find a spot where the animals are just plentiful and you're mm-hmm. a backcountry hunter you just spend the night there you've got yeah. food you've got water you've got everything you need right there yeah yeah it's a lot of cool stuff there um so I guess if you could only pick three of these, oh, an honorable mention rope. Uh, mm. That's one I did not put on here. Rope is one you're definitely going to want to keep with you sure. pretty frequently. Yep. It's not very heavy. You can even get like that rope in a can that we got rapid in. rope. Yep. Yeah. And so uh, rope's definitely one that you want to keep, keep on your pack for sure. Uh, so now if we could only pick three and then we're going to get into the story that we've all been waiting for, why Nate carries so much stuff in his backpack. So um, for me, if I could only pick three, I'm probably going to go with uh, ways to start a fire. So like at least two, um, I'd probably choose a lighter and a flint and steel. Um, just because the lighters can, like you said, sometimes be finicky. You want to have mm-hmm. that second way. Sure. Um, fire starters would definitely be one I'd grab because if it's wet, you know, having something that's going to burn for 15 minutes on its own is going to be huge. And then the water purification and storage. Because the trash bag tarp thing, you can probably make a shelter. That's at least my belief. You can make mm-hmm. a shelter in the woods pretty easy. And then food is something you can live without for a really long time anyways. So if you have your you know fire and water, you're going to be able to survive for a while until somebody's able to come get you or you're able to hopefully find your way out. So well, I actually put a lot of thought into this one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> having been in a scenario where these things would have been nice. Um, so experiences says a lot. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I went with two ways to start a fire. Mm-hmm. Warmth is important. Um, and that probably would be a flint and steel, like you said. Um, and then a torch, like one of those mini torches with the tops that close, like I said, cause it's just a really hot source of fire that you can rely on. And like I said, really, really hot. Yeah. yeah. It'll, it'll melt glass. Yeah. Way hotter oh. than a liar. <laughs> Ask me how I know. Uh, <laughs> Ask me how I know. I had to replace a window in my kitchen. I had to, I, I had to pay for that window. Until it melted the glass. I mean, are you kidding me? I was young. You know, I needed to know. He was younger than he is now anyway. <laughs> um, it was last year. <laughs> couple it was years. last week. I um, Water purification, like I always, like I already said, you know, that's essential to me. Um, and I did, I went with the plastic sheet or oh, tarp of some sort because I carry a reflective, I mean, it it's it operates as two 
essential things. You can use it as a reflective way to be found because mm-hmm. one side is reflective and then the other side is just a flat color. And it's it's very compact and lightweight, yeah. but it folds out really big. And mm. so you can make a shelter with it, which is waterproof. And since we're talking about muzzleloader hunting, um, you know, November, you're prone to a lot of rain. Um, yeah. I'm going to want something to get out of the rain and I'm going to want a way to be warm mm. and you can build a shelter with stuff out in the woods and that's all good and great, but trying to make it waterproof stuff, a little bit difficult. Interesting. And that's something that we didn't mention is like a way to be found, you know? Mm-hmm. And so that's a definitely an important, which one. is yeah. Again, why I like the reflective blankets. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, Berlin, let's see what yours are. Well, obviously fire and yeah. water, and I went with the uh, the trash bag as well. Well, it's not a trash bag. I actually have a reflective sleeping bag, mm. and you can actually get in it. It's it's waterproof. It's shiny. Uh, it's and if you need to get if you need to make it bigger, you can cut it and make it wider, whatever. But you can get inside of it, and uh, mm. it retains your heat better. Um, being in situation to where I would have liked to have had one of those one day when I really needed it uh, was an experience that I that I thought those kind of things through. Yeah. Um, so yeah, those those three things. Uh, water. When I do uh, my my uh, seminars on hunting, um, you do not realize how much water gives you energy, mm-hmm. and uh, people don't realize that. Um, so I need food. No, you need water. You, yeah. you, you're going out of your mind. You, you're dehydrated and you'll, you'll figure it out that it will boost your energy. Just plain old water. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's the three things I went with. Sweet. And I, I don't want to get too into the weeds on this either, but the survival blankets, like we're talking about, everybody's always thinks, Oh, well that can't keep you warm. It's, you know, paper thin it's paper. Well, yeah reflective insulation is something that I think everybody should look into. It's, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't make a lot of sense when you're thinking about it, but then when you actually go do the research, it's like, Oh, okay. Well, yeah. Makes a lot of sense as to why that works. Yeah. Like I said, I don't want to get too into the weeds, but that's something that I think people should research. It's, and not only that, it's, it's, it's waterproof. It's, yeah. it's yeah. something to keep out of the water. If you, if you get wet, I mean, you're just, mm-hmm. you're in trouble. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yep. Even if it's not that cold of a night. You're wet. You're in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so now we've done the we've done the three that you know we the pick three. Uh, let's go ahead and jump into you know because I'm sure people are asking if they're going out for a day, like why does this all matter? Like why mm-hmm. does survival gear matter at all? Um, and I, you can attest to the fact that even ten minutes you can get hopelessly lost and almost die. So. Uh, let's go ahead and jump into your story as to why you care, carry so much gear. So, Well, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> well, Darren. We uh, were out on a muzzleloader hunt <clears throat> in, was, this is December, yeah? Yeah. But it was yep. pretty mild, yep. mild December. There was yeah. no snow on the ground that year yet. That which day. Normally, yeah, that day can change in an instant up there. And usually there's feet of snow mm-hmm. in the area where we, we were hunting. We've hunted there for five years at that point, something like yeah. that. And, uh, you know, we're just driving along and some whitetail jump across the road in front of us. and like, hey, we'll just, we're going to get out and 
see where they went. You know, it's the end of the day. I mean, yeah, yep. Just kind of just driving around and saw some deer, and uh, usually, you know, with whitetail around here, I don't know how where it is in the rest of the world, but here they usually run about a hundred <laughs> yards and kind of go back to doing what they were doing. Yeah. So if you can make a good sneak on them, you can usually catch up to them and possibly get a shot. So we just jump out of the truck real quick and we're obviously thinking, and I had everything. I mean, I had everything on this list plus my GPS, which I never leave with home without anymore. Um, but didn't grab it. It's in the truck. I'm thinking we're going to go hundred yards, a hundred yards and, and then come back to the truck. That'll be it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're either going to make it happen or it won't. Yeah. Well, we get on these deer and I get right up to one man, 15 yards away and didn't see, didn't even see it. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of took off and it was a buck and I'm like, oh, okay, well just keep following this, this buck, <clears throat> see if I can get in on him. And before I know it, I'm just following the deer. Yeah. Yeah. And the whole time, you know, this road that we've hunted a hundred million times comes like this and I'm walking this direction thinking the road's on my left the entire time. Well, <clears throat> now that I know the area even better than I did at that time, yeah, the hill ever so gradually just starts going around the mountain. But because it's so subtle there, you just feel like you're walking straight the whole time. Uh-huh. Doesn't feel like you're walking around. And it's, and it's overcast, so you can't see the sun's yeah. not. You don't have a shadow mm-hmm. or anything. You just kind of yeah. And it's very wooded in that area. Lots uh-huh. of overgrowth and brush. So, before I know it, I'm thinking, okay, well, the deer are gone. I got to get back to the vehicle. Yeah. And I start walking to the left because mm-hmm. that's where I think I need to go. Obviously, in hindsight. I'm around the other side of the hill now and left is taking me out into the wilderness somewhere. (laughs) Before I know it, I'm I'm like, oh boy, I'm in trouble. Like I have (laughs) no idea where I'm at. Mm -hmm. The road is not where I think it is. And, you know, I've obviously explained where I'm at now and so it doesn't feel like I'm that lost in the story, but yeah, I'm completely turned around. I find some random road that I don't know what it is, where it is, how I got there, where it connects. And I'm like, okay, I know I'm lost mm-hmm. at this point. Yeah. <laughs> I need to start getting into, you know, like my dad said, it's the end of the day. I need to start getting into survival mode. So I mm-hmm. try to compose myself. I'm like, okay, don't panic. That's the worst thing I can possibly do. Mm-hmm. When I mean towards the end of the day, I mean it's dark. Yeah. <laughs> it's already yeah. it's already dark and overcast. I have what I'm wearing, mm-hmm. my gun, and three speed loader setups in my pocket. So you're good to go. You're I mean, for a survival <laughs> I'm, situation. I'm good. You're set. Yeah, I'm set. I'm good to you go. Have yeah. the speed I have loaders. nothing. <laughs> Got so, one T-shirt. <clears throat> so at first, I'm like, okay. I'm going to set up just in case this road is a viable road. I'm going to set up a roadblock because if anybody comes up this road, I, I, at first off, I try walking both directions on the road for a ways. And I'm like, okay, I don't, I don't know which direction to head mm-hmm. completely turned around. So I'm just like, okay, I'm going to set up a roadblock here and, and I'm just going to try to get set up to where I can 
stay here until somebody comes to find me. I can't be that far from the truck. Yeah. <laughs> or at least I don't feel like I am. And uh, so I'm thinking, how do I how do I get a fire going? They just burned all the slash piles there. Oh, jeez. So I'm trying to find a, a, an ember, you know, mm-hmm. to get this black powder on or something and get some tinder and everything's just soaked. I mean, it's wet up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's starting to rain and then now it's turning into sleet and then that big heavy Christmas snow getting mm-hmm. cold. Yeah, so I'm trying to figure out how to make a fire. Getting real thirsty because I've been hiking and I got no no water. So I, you know, had been watching a lot of survival shows at at that point in my life. Watching a ton of survival shows. They're obviously if you watch survival shows, they're pretty interesting. Yeah. So. I remembered a thing that I saw on how to make a homemade water filter. And so I found a glass bottle and I broke it off, which, you know, I don't recommend breaking glass <laughs> in the woods, but the survival situation, I'm doing what it takes. Yeah. Um, you know, there's charcoal everywhere from the, the burn piles. I put moss in as a first layer and obviously the charcoal acts as a, a it's porous. So it, soaks it all up yeah so i shove the charcoal in there and then another layer of moss and then another layer of charcoal another layer of moss so i've got moss charcoal moss charcoal and i stick it right in the stream and and drink through it Uh that's the only option i got (laughs) and then i'm thinking okay it's it's dark 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 now i can hear them yelling for me and i'm just yelling back at them Mm mm-hmm but uh, apparently they never heard me huh wherever i was at in this bowl sound was coming into the bowl but not leaving leaving. huh they would shoot their gun i would shoot my gun you only have three shots i only have three shots so i was being sparing with that i shot two shots i was like well i'm saving my last shot because that's yeah (laughs) that's all i got (laughs) if i get stuck out here i'm gonna need to shoot something need it yeah um but apparently they never heard me even shoot the gun Really? Like, That's crazy. It's a loud noise, right? Yeah. 50 caliber muzzleloader in the air. Mm-hmm. Um, so at this point, I'm thinking I, I'm going to have to stay the night here. I cut a bunch of branches off the tree. I don't really have anything to make mm-hmm. a shelter. I got no rope. I got no, I don't even think I had my Leatherman on me at that point, which Boy. never happens. I always yeah. carry my Leatherman. So <laughs> talk about just being in a bad situation with nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, snap a bunch of branches off the tree and lay them down on the ground that's the to get my body heat to to stay you know mm-hmm. um just trying to get that barrier between me and the ground um find a pretty dense fir tree and get underneath it and set up my branches off the ground and you know i've got that roadblock on the road uh, i already tried making fire found a little ember but it went out in yeah. seconds off one of the burn piles and you know, I'm, I'm in a bad situation. Mm-hmm. I got nothing. Yeah. I drank a little bit of water and I'm thinking I'm gonna have to spend the night there. Yeah. And I don't know how well that's going to go. Cause it's plummeting in temperature mm-hmm. up at seven, 8,000 feet in December. Yeah. That's <laughs> pretty rough. <laughs> it, bad situation. Yeah. So I fall asleep apparently at some point laying on the ground. And the next thing I know, um, I hear people yelling and the horn honking and uh you know I hadn't I might have missed them coming up the road had I not set up that roadblock. 
Really? Because they had to slow Definitely. down, and they were yelling at the roadblock that I'd set up in the road, yelling and flashing their the spotlight. And I come running out of the up from where I set up pretty close to the road because yeah. I, I was relying on that roadblock at that point. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I had the roadblock with, and I even made an arrow out of rocks, like pointing the direction that I was at. Mm -hmm. um, it's always good if you're in a situation where you're lost like that to give an indication if someone comes across something that you've made, either in the direction that you're heading or the direction that you're at, so that yeah. they know mm -hmm. if they find that where to start looking so yeah. it's less like looking for a needle in a haystack and now it's more like looking for a smaller needle in a smaller haystack <laughs> 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 or a bigger needle in a smaller haystack yeah um yeah and so they had to like pretty much stop at my roadblock flash the light around and i come running out and they spotlighted me and i got in and you know i i don't know that i would have made it through the night i mean i might have just fallen asleep right there and never woke up yeah because i didn't realize how cold i was till i got in the heated truck and my whole body just started like <laughs> you yeah. know i can't speak i'm just shaking like crazy i remember when i when i i was even getting warm at that point and i had come down to meet you and and nick and uh and i was just like just convulsing you know yeah. i was so just couldn't get warm so, yeah. Boy, that's crazy. And the thing about getting lost, you know, nobody intends to get lost. You know, might think this information is like, well, you know, I'm not going to get lost. Well, nobody intends to get lost. Mm -hmm. That's why they yeah. call it lost. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because it happens, and yeah. it happens every year. Mm -hmm. Several people get lost, and several people die every single year, mm -hmm. not intending to ever be lost. Yep. So in the back of your mind, keep that stuff in mind when you're i mean i know people who've hunted in the same place over and over and over and i've, I've had it happen to me i've hunted in 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 certain places in wyoming that i hunted most of my life and when the fog set in or a snowstorm set in you have no no way of knowing where you're at you can't see any land points that that point you in the right direction there's no sun there's no nothing and I mean, man, I've been here a hundred times and I can't figure out which hill I'm on. Yeah. You know, it's, mm -hmm. and that was before we had GPSs and stuff. But um, yeah, it's just nobody intends for it to happen. But just keep it in the back of your mind. Some of the things that Nate has shared, especially about when, you know, the roadblock, that kind of thing. And they're all closed roads. There's lots of closed roads up there. There's really mm -hmm. only a couple main roads up there and everything else is closed. Mm -hmm. And so when they start going down those roads, um, you know that kind of stuff you just had they zoomed past him they wouldn't have you know if they hadn't even slowed down or anything he might have missed his opportunity because they might have just went right through that road mm -hmm. and went on to through the other side yeah so those kind of things you just you just keep them back in your mind yeah stuff happens for sure and you know that's that happened in a short time i mean oh, no, yeah. nobody would have expected to get lost running 100 yards off the road and you know it's like yeah, nobody would have expected instant. it yeah you know and that's that's what always, has always struck me about that story is it happened in a second in a time that i probably would have gotten out without my stuff you know so it's like you just have to be so careful grab what stuff. you're doing yeah grab your stuff <laughs> grab your stuff i mean at least at the very least like have a if you don't want to grab your whole pack have a like I know Everly Stock just came out with those little smaller packs, but you can get like a smaller pack that has like some, like starting a fire, has some of your essentials in there. 
So you can at least grab that real fast, you know, if it's a, but have something, you know. I kind of refer to that place as the Bermuda Triangle of the woods anyway, because yeah. I, the amount of times I've been turned up there prior to that and Even on since good then on yeah. good days, it's just like, man, how am I heading the wrong direction. I've been yeah. going straight the entire time. I was headed south and now I'm heading north. That's not even possible. Yeah. Like it's just like you just whoop. Yeah. You want to, it just stupid compasses isn't working. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you think that you like do. you're so confident that you're going the right way up there that you're like, there's something's wrong. My GPS isn't working. You know, there's yeah. been times where I said this, this thing's messed up. There's like, there's a magnetic field here or something. I'm yeah. not, I'm going the, the same direction and then i huh. end up two miles from the truck and luckily i've still got my gps on i'm like okay maybe it's right and then i turn around and head four miles back and i'm like oh yeah i was right the whole time but there's wow. i was so confident that i didn't trust <laughs> the gps I'm that's like, crazy nah, you're, you're dumb yeah. <laughs> well the crazy. older gps is i've done that you know the older gps is just like you, you're heading this way and then it says the truck's back that way and go i was just heading that in that direction and because the older GPSs weren't as good, especially when you get into that uh, heavy cover of trees and stuff, they mm-hmm. would get messed up. So then I just started watching my distance, even though it said I was going the wrong direction. My distance was saying I was getting closer, and then my GPS got back right and showed me that I was actually getting closer. Mm-hmm. To yeah, the you can still get lost with the GPS. I recommend buying a Garmin. Spend the money. Do <laughs> yeah. it once. Buy once. Cry once. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, well, I've. I mean, even with Onyx and things like that, I've gotten turned around, and you know, it says you're going the, a different direction than you think you are, and all that stuff. So, uh, which brings us to our support items, um, which are. Our next little setup here, we have navigation and GPS. Important, so that's going to be your compass, your GPS, Onyx, you know, all that stuff. Um, we have binoculars, uh, a rangefinder, medical. So that's going to be just basic medical, you know, quick clot, gauze, you know, Band-Aids. Suit your kid. If, yeah, we'll have Verlin maybe talk about the medical <laughs> stuff. Um, Someday. Yeah, <laughs> probably on another podcast, but... Um, knives and shooting sticks. And so there's different support items that you have on there. Um, and they're going to like shooting sticks aren't going to be applicable in every situation, you know? Um, but the other ones are things that you're probably going to want to stick with. So, uh, Nate, you were just talking about like, what's your preferred method of navigation? Yeah. So I always, uh, you know, GPS is a essential item for me. There's just no, no, getting around that mm-hmm. um I, I love having the gps um it, plus it's got a built-in radio which is really nice um i also carry a compass mm-hmm. always it goes it's right on my um backpack backpack thank yeah. you <laughs> i couldn't remember backpack, backpack, thinking backpack. of the strap backpack, yeah, backpack, backpack, yeah, strap. yeah thank you uh get old you start blanking out <laughs> uh, but yeah so i can i and i i you know look down at that a lot so that i don't have to rely on my gps i don't like having to rely on a gps to figure mm-hmm. out where i'm at i prefer to have my own internal navigation because i feel like when you get reliant on something then you just can't ever figure out your way in the woods without yep. it because you stop paying attention yeah you're just not paying attention you just become lackadaisical yep. so i I've always look down at it keep my heading or if i'm gonna change directions figure out where i'm going and kind of keep that map in my head of where the vehicle might be yeah and then i always try to find my way back without the gps as well and then mm-hmm. if i get close then i will bust it out and 
Okay. We just need to go right over here. So, okay. Yeah. That's my preferred method. Sweet. Yeah. And then maps are a piece of that too. Um, so maps are important. Uh, binoculars. Um, so I know binoculars is something Verlin's always talked about. Um, so what binoculars do you like to use? And, and do you think that they are essential during, and it really is going to depend on the season, I suppose, but like during a muzzleloader season, do you think binoculars are important? You know, I never used to think so until I started hunting with my buddy Tim, and he mm-hmm. carries them all the time. And it was always a matter of, oh, I think I see hair. Is that hair or is that a piece of dirt or something, you know? And yeah. he'll pick it up, and it's like, oh, there's a whole herd of elk right there in front of us. And we never even would have saw him. You know, 10 more steps, and he would have blown out of there. Yep. Um, so it, I didn't really think how how important they were. And then, you know, then I'm just like, oh, let me see. You know, then I'm grabbing him off his chest, and he's like this, and I'm oh, yeah, that is something. You know, you're looking at the binoculars. Get your own binoculars. <laughs> exactly. It's just like, dude, go get some binoculars. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I have the binoculars with the rangefinder in them, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I prefer that. Um, uh, essential, it, it comes down to what's going to be important if you're having to pick, you know, if you're having to pick specific ones out of all this bunch. Yeah. Um, that probably wouldn't be my, my must have, Yeah, but I, they, they have really given me more opportunity to really pinpoint and pick through and weed through some of the stuff that you can't see. Yeah. And I would say that we, we hunt really, really hard. So our style of hunting is just get it done, cover ground type of hunting. I mm-hmm. think if you're a spot and stock hunter, then binoculars might be essential for you. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It really depends on what you're trying to do. Um, then we have a range finder, which is definitely nice. Um, it's nice for muzzle loading. It's probably even more important during archery, but um, I think any sort of short range, really range finder is just nice for pretty much every situation. Mm-hmm. Um, medical is one of those things that's, not important until you need it and then it's really really important (laughs) so um, I know people that don't really carry any medical I was talking to a guy the other day he was saying that really bleeding is one of the main things you have to worry about like what else are you going to really have to fix so that was an interesting thought Um, so quick clot gauze you know suture kit super glue (laughs) yeah that's multi-purpose and then knives and shooting sticks so if we could only pick three of these I am going to go with navigation uh, knives and medical and because the other things like I can make do without um, those are more of things like I if I did if I needed them and didn't have them I really wish that I had them you know quick side note too super glue is flammable oh really there you go fire starter <laughs> fire starter look at the multi-purpose stuff so. just ask the pyro <laughs> he's figured it all out that's right you gotta figure out what burns so that you know yep. what to carry in your pack eh? <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yes, I, I, oh, go ahead. I, I'm with you. I mean, I and like I told you the other day, you know, it's just like I like my GPS, but the compass, I don't like to rely on anything that has electrical, especially when I'm yep. in the back country and I'm out there for days. I mean, I do have a, you know, flip out a solar rechargers thing, but um, anything electrical, I don't like to really put all my tools in that one basket because yeah. it, it can fail short and, out or and i else? always when i when we leave the truck you know i taught nate this young you know when you leave the truck you just figure out which direction we know we're going into that canyon and that is directly west from where we are so that means the pickup is somewhere east of this you know yeah. no matter where we're at in there it's east 
you know where the main road is it's going to be east from there so always pay attention before we ever leave i just like i always look down and go okay going there and i know i need to to get back to the main road yeah this so if if compass and gps are on the same page or on the same line then i would i would say navigation for sure Mm -hmm. Uh, but if i had to take a gps or a compass yeah for really going back for days i'd take my compass Mm. and learn how to and learn how to navigate with the compass and then medical obviously i've i've had to help myself uh get stop bleeding stuff mm-hmm. that way yeah. and uh and then a knife obviously to, yeah just important stuff yeah, to have yeah sure there's sometimes you just need to dig something out of your leg that got in there and you have to have that knife so mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> <laughs> and that suture kit to get it back together yeah <laughs> yeah i'd be shocked if any three of us had different three items i mean i picked the exact same thing navigation medical and knives i mean yeah it's just so much you can do with those yeah and it's there are things that you definitely really want to have i mean the other like binoculars rangefinder assist you in your hunt but um if if it came down to whether or not you're going to live or die, binoculars and rangefinder aren't going to help gonna all do that anything. Much. Yeah, well, you might be able to start a fire with the maybe. binoculars. Yeah. Maybe yeah. <laughs> yeah, take the lens out and just use the sun or something. Yeah. So um, the last one on our list is processing. It's pretty easy. There's only a couple items on here. Uh, we had game bags, a knife sharpener, and a saw. In some instances, knife sharpener is nice because um, you can also get those knives with replaceable blades, like the Havilons or Outdoor Edge makes them. You know, so those are nice uh big and, fan of the Havilon. yeah I've, that's what i use to process almost all my animals but it'll also give you a good reason to use your medical too because <laughs> <laughs> if you even Break. touch yourself with one of those yeah, yeah. you are you're it's toast deep oh, yeah man um so those are those are pretty simple i mean there's only three so i guess i'll pick game bad saw game bag saw and a knife sharper. <laughs> <laughs> but um the saw is and really there's so many different ways to process game i mean you can oh, yeah. there's people that even do it that are you know gutless like they'll just take all the meat off the outside that's how we do it yeah that's pretty i mean that's pretty easier pack so yeah um so that's really all the stuff we had if you guys think that we missed anything or if there's anything that you like to carry that we haven't or if your three are different than ours um if you're watching on youtube leave it in the comments or you know shoot us a message on social media we'd love to hear about it and please comment right here yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah and uh Awesome. Well, I really appreciate Verlin, Nate. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, You guys make the podcast so much fun. And we will talk with you guys next week. Remember, shoot straight, shoot often. Have a blessed week.